Hey everybody, welcome to the new episode of OMG, You've Got to Watch This. Uh, I'm Cliff Johnson, and I am joined today by Colby. Zeus. <laughs> and that giggle in the background is Brooke. Hey, I'm not as weird as Colby. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how to follow up with that. Nobody is. Absolutely <laughs> nobody is. Uh, if Colby's... Um, Intro, I guess we'll say intro, doesn't give you a hint of what we're talking about. We are talking about the Hulk Hogan cinematic masterpiece, No Holds Barred. Is that the right word for it? Yes. A hundred percent. I don't know if it's much of a masterpiece as, say, Mr. Nanny or... Yeah, um, I think Hulk Hogan was... might have better films. Oh, no, I wouldn't say better. Well, ones with more money behind them. <laughs> <laughs> It's not an $8 hey, million this cost, budget. <laughs> this cost Mick, Vince McMahon almost his entire fortune. And by his entire fortune, I mean it like $8 million. It's more fortune than I have. True. true. <laughs> Absolutely true. All right. Uh, no holds barred if you're not familiar with it. This is what the IMDb has to say about it. Rip who is Hulk Hogan, is the World Wrestling Federation champion who is faithful to his fans and the network he wrestles for, Burrell, which is a terrible name, the new head of the World Television Network, wants Rip to wrestle for his network. It's a lot of networks in that sentence. Rip refuses and goes back to his normal life of being a millionaire wrestler. <laughs> um, still looking for a way to raise ratings, Brell initiates a show called the, quote, Battle of the Tough Guys, which is the worst name of any TV show ever, a violent brawling competition. A mysterious man, Zeus, wins the competition. This gets Brell to use him as an angle to get at Rip. That description's actually pretty bad, too, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know. It was pretty accurate. Um, Hulk Hogan is Rip. Joan Severance, who is just a model, I think, before this movie, is Samantha N. Moore, constantly introduced fully as Samantha N. Moore. And not one joke about that. Right? <laughs> the entire time, all I can think of is she's just like, Toys R Us. <laughs> uh Kurt Fuller, who is uh, amazing. The, oh, God, he's so he he's the only person in this entire movie that can actually act, I believe. Oh, no, 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 he's the only person who, in this movie who understands what this movie is. And it's just like, <laughs> OK, let's go. I had a really hard time not watching him, but taking him seriously after I realized that he's the mortician from um, Psych. <laughs> if you've seen have you seen Psych, Cole? No. Well, yeah, you should, see you should see Psych. It's very good. He plays like this kind of goofy, bumbling mortician. Not mortician. Um, He's the the people that cut medical people examiner. Open and, yeah, medical examiner. Mm -hmm. But he's just, just like a total goofball. I just enjoy that. Out of uh, I don't know, this dude's been in everything. He's like a hundred percent one of. Oh, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah. like I recognize him from Psych. Mm -hmm. I would say like. 80% of the people in this movie that have lines are like, I've seen that dude somewhere. And then I'd look through their IMDb profile and I'm like, well, I don't know where. I guess just because they've been on every episode of everything. Yeah. So, uh, look I don't know. Who did he play? Like one of the his sidekicks? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Tommy Tiny Lister rounds out the cast as Zeus, who I believe has two lines. He says his name and he says... Hulk Hogan's name, Rip. He, and he, he actually, grunts and screams a lot. He actually has, there it's was funny. like a, I'm going to go with monologue. It was about six words. But he talks Zeus, less in this monologue. movie than, 
That's true. He talks less in this movie than Silent Bob does in any Kevin Smith movie. Like, Sub- across the board. Suburban Commando. That was the one I was trying to think of. Oh, is that the one with the gravedigger in it and he's got, like, uh-huh. a super high voice? Yeah, it's good. Oh, way to spoil the ending, Cliff. Like, <laughs> yeah. The gravedigger, like, the monster truck? Yes, gravedigger like the monster <laughs> truck, and he's got a super high voice. I don't know. <laughs> gravedigger like... I have seen a lot of really it's, bad... Like, it's the Undertaker, Cliff. I don't oh, know. Oh, you're right. Yeah. This is not my fault. I know who the Undertaker's a wrestler. The gravedigger is a truck. <laughs> They're pretty interchangeable, though. <laughs> it's green? I don't know. So, I, I think we should start out here with like how familiar you are with professional wrestling. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, I think you and I have like kind of the same story. Like probably, probably when this movie came out, this movie came out in what? 89. Yeah. So probably literally as this movie was coming out, Colby and I spent mm, a year and a half watching professional wrestling. Probably I spent a lot longer than that. And he just admitted that on a podcast. I'm trying really I, hard I, not to think less of you. I was also, I mean, when this movie came out, I was seven. So, I mean, it's I probably fair. watched wrestling from about 89 to maybe, probably for three, four years, maybe. Yeah, okay. That's fair. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. like 12. And so I think probably by the time I was like 13 or 14, I stopped watching wrestling. Um, but I think it gave me a really good grounding in the... Um, and that's, what this movie was trying to do, what this you, movie was was putting out there, you felt that was important. Absolutely. Um, How much wrestling did you watch? I know people consider it to be a sport. You can just imagine air quotes around that. No, no. See, no wrestling is a sport, but it's not real. That's the difference. That's not true. Wrestling is also a real sport. They have it in school. That's a different wrestling. It's still called wrestling. <laughs> that's so, Greco-Roman Is that like the difference between golf and golf and miniature? No, no, no. That's, <laughs> that's, that's Greco-Roman wrestling. There's a difference. So did I, anyone see I the clip know. of the uh, wrestling when they like didn't have an audience because of coronavirus? It was amazing. Absolutely. It turns amazing. it into like a two man play. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love I the have one. Not seen they this. filmed it with like drones too. There were some drones in it. And they have a picture of, I don't know, wrestler McWrestler dude like screaming at a drone because he's screaming into the camera of that drone. It's great. It's so amazing. I would I would watch wrestling now if there was never an audience. It was just two dudes just acting against each other. <laughs> it's very good. All right. So, Colby, do you want to lead us into this movie? Well, first off, I want to talk about the um, tagline of the movie, which is yes. no ring, no refs, no rules. And I want to point out that there is very much a ring. There is occasionally a ref. And there appears to be at least some rules. Be well, fair. It's not usually round. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it kind of depends. Like, uh, yeah, probably half the time there is a ring. Uh-huh. And there certainly is a ring in the final fight. It's not, but, it but it's kinda, an octagon. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, they, they always call it the ring, even if it's yeah. square. That's true. I actually heard why. I wish yeah, I could remember I, I, now. 
this a bad story? <laughs> <laughs> one time I was hungry. No, I, I know where I heard it. Is that helpful? <laughs> it sure is. Yeah, you really... could go look up um, on the Mystery Hour with James O'Brien, and they discuss it in an, an episode from maybe January. And so, see, you could, like, they have a, a database of questions. Somebody there has posted it and they would know the answer. All right. So just go mm-hmm. listen to another podcast for a month and you'll know the answer. A far Other better than podcast, ones probably. that Cliff is in, um, it is my favorite podcast. It is, it is a fantastic mm-hmm. podcast. I love that podcast, to be honest. Mm-hmm. How um, many of the ones Cliff is in do you listen to? Um, I listen to the Bite Me ones when he oh. plays them live so that I can listen at the same time. And I'm often just, you know, through a doorway, so I hear what you all True. are talking about. Um, and I usually listen to the Christmas one. I haven't been in a car for a while, so I haven't heard one recently but <laughs> i've heard any podcasts recently so yeah. more of the story is i'm just on too many podcasts mm-hmm. all yeah. right so there is a ring there so is there, a ref and, and mm-hmm. yeah and i like i won't say there are like the no rules one they're pretty close on that because there doesn't really appear to be rules i'm pretty sure he kills a man Oh, there are multiple mm-hmm. pe- multiple people who get killed in this movie. Yeah. He said that nobody would get hurt. That was the only rule, or not get hurt, but no one would die. That yeah. was the only rule. Well, that was that was in the the Hillbilly Fight Club. I don't know if that transfers to. Oh, if that the, continued on. Um, what's the name? Battle of, of the Tough Guys. Battle of the Tough Guys. <laughs> every time uh, they said that in the movie, I was like, "What?" Uh-huh. Every name of something in this should have been workshopped because you have Battle of the <laughs> Tough Guys. You have the, what is the network called? Uh, the World Television Network, you know, the, the World, WTN. The World Television Network. And then later when you see uh, Hulk Hogan with his charity, it's called Rip Sports for Kids. <laughs> All those names sound exactly like an adult who's like, we need something that kids will respond to. All if we of, put it to the rap music, I think that they'll like this. All, all of the names. <laughs> Maybe the hip hop. Sounded like they said, okay, uh, we just need a name. Just throw out something real quick. We'll go back later and change it. You have and then, no room to talk, Mr. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. It's a but, blue flower. We'll call it blue flower. <laughs> I don't, but I'm not making an eight million dollar movie <laughs> okay so before we get too much further into the movie itself i guess we should mention that there's a really written. good yeah that there's a good possibility that this movie was i mean it, it has a writer there oh. is a person who wrote this but then yeah, vince, it's, McMahon, it's, it's vince mcmahon and hulk hogan on a coke fueled bender allegedly mm-hmm. and they were locked themselves in a, a hotel room for 72 hours with is it just like head Kinda, yes. yeah. Except Jack except, Nicholson wasn't there. Except with possibly more drugs, because there's no way there wasn't a Scarface table mountain of coke in that hotel no. room, allegedly. It's a good, good allegedly call. Vince McMahon yeah. is incredibly litigious. Allegedly. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Excellent point. Actually. So I, I can't say that he and Hulk Hogan just had 72 hours with. A mountain of coke and probably 30 strippers and wrote this movie and you you can can tell what's he gonna take from you (laughs) that's a good point that's a very good point he might come to my house and beat me up i suppose there is he's pretty tough for an old dude well i mean Mm -hmm. he's best friends with trump i might get drone striked or something (laughs) (laughs) 
just going to keep the respirators from Utah. Too. Yeah, Utah won't get any coronavirus <laughs> supplies, <laughs> and it'll be it'll be one of the live things. That, like we were going to give them to, but uh, Colby, I'm like, oh great, a real snake. Way to that single one. me out on that one. Oh well, he has the two governors of michigan and washington so yeah we're all screwed mm-hmm. all right cole take us back to do the you, ring real fast do you know the other connection to michigan and washington besides coronavirus trump and trump hating their governors no you, you've lived you live in both there. of them i've lived in both of them maybe that's the actual problem mm. <laughs> ironic <laughs> got a point yeah. all right cole so um so it starts out with a wrestling match between Hulk Hogan and generic wrestler one. Yeah. And like the I, most, I think it was supposed to look like Andre the giant, but it was not, it was definitely not Andre the giant, but yeah. in this movie, does it kind of posit that wrestling is very real? Absolutely. Wrestling is a hundred percent real. Although in 89 wrestling may have still been, oh, that's a good point. I was, I mean, I, again, my association with wrestling was very minimal. No one in my family watched it, not even to the best of my knowledge, extended family. So weird. So, like your extended family should love wrestling. Yeah, I know. But uh, so I have literally, I, I did not realize it was fake. So not until I was well, much older. And like wrestling yeah. at some point in time, mm-hmm. actually, I don't remember. There's a word for it. Um, mm-hmm. One of my coworkers likes wrestling a lot. So he's actually told me this, but like at some point in time, wrestling kind of admitted that it was not fake, but scripted. scripted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and before that wrestling was wrestling, like as in the WWF at the time, very much was, this is a real thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so this actually could be pre wrestling being widely accepted as being scripted. That is a good point because you have the wrestlers wrestling and then it's like kind of cut in between. It goes to like, an executive boardroom and by that I mean like 12 people in chairs watching five monitors uh-huh um and acting as if they have no idea that this is fake but I I guess it could be that at that point sure. in time they did not realize yeah um but you have uh, what was that guy's name I I'm trying to find it. oh Jake Bullet and he is the like stereotypical like if there was a wrestler, you're like, oh, that guy's the red shirt. He is going to lose. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but they talk about it as if, I don't know, he's the world champion. Is Rip, gonna, or Rip, is Rip going to win? And it, of course he is. This but is anyway. Jesse the Body Ventura, former governor of Minnesota, doing Minnesota. the announcing, too. And Mean Gene. Yeah, Mean Gene. Rest is, in peace. Yeah. Is Rip like a like play on rest in peace? No, I no, because actually... it's he rips his shirt. Oh, all right. There, so like, I, I remember hearing or reading about this at the point. This might have been right before. I want to say Hulk Hogan was he wasn't like as big quite yet, or had just gotten big. He and originally so, he was going to be Hulk Hogan in this. So I actually read a little bit about that. He actually was world champion. As they went into filming this, he actually had to lose in order for him to get time off to film this. So this is when he lost to Andre the Giant um, in order to lose his his belt. Hmm. So yeah. he gave up a 
title in order to film this movie. <laughs> Absolutely. They honestly really thought this was going to be huge. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, uh, t- uh, uh-huh. <laughs> tiny, tiny. Well, here's the thing. It came in second at the box office. It, it's, it only lost to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Absolutely. That's a good movie, though. <laughs> I know. I mean... What I would say is this movie, like, we'll talk about whether we liked it or not later, but in the context of being a late 80s movie, this movie was pretty good. I mean, or or what you'd expect, I guess. And, I mean, I'll be frank, it was a lot less offensive than a lot of 80s movies were. So There, there was very little gay panic in this. I mean, there was a little. There little, was a little. little. But, like... Not nearly as much. I mean, no one dropped any slurs or anything. Oh, which actually, shot. he did. the oh. The dude that walks out of the bathroom stall does. Does I? I was yeah. listening for it there and missed it. Huh. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Anyway, so the the executives are watching and and just trying to figure out how they can get uh, Rip to join their network. But he the has a moral television code. network. <laughs> Just like that, that, that <laughs> just like jock ass. Oh, he calls. So I think we should talk about that for a second. So Brell um, calls Hulk Hogan a jock ass uh, multiple times, Ten like times? three or four, as if that was an actual phrase. There's like a series of books I read where the author uses the the character's name is Jack, and they they call him a jackhole all the time, and it pisses him off to no end, and it's a really stupid part of the book, which is sad because they're pretty good books otherwise. And and I wonder if it's like hoping you can like coin a phrase that will catch on. If it's some like like little tiny like, and when people say it, cause no one else has thought of us, I'll know that I'm the one that started it. Bunch of twelve year olds yeah. going around or, saying jockass. Mm-hmm. Or, or, uh-huh. yeah, we should call him Jockass Brother. <laughs> That's probably more. Likely. The other option is, as you could say Jockass a number of times uh-huh. and not get a PG thirteen rating, but you can't it, say Jackass. Yeah. <laughs> it is a PG thirteen. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it's a PG thirteen, which I want to talk about, you know, in a little bit when we get to the attempted rape scene. But we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so 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 uh, they're they're sitting around talking about uh, you know how they can get uh, Rip. I don't know why I'm having such a hard time remembering Rip. His and name's I al- Rip. Well, I always also want to call him Rip'em. <laughs> like that's his full name. <laughs> I think that's what it says on the back of his jacket. Mr. Rip'em. It, it does. <laughs> it does say, but uh-huh. like Mr. M. Like. I- <laughs> Like like it's Rip Taylor. But <laughs> his name, his full name is actually Rippert. It's like Rip Van Winkle. It's just <laughs> Rip Thomas M. Like. Well, there's like an apostrophe, you know. Maybe the mm, it's there's some other part of word that's been taken out. <laughs> so if I just call him Rip'em for the next, that's fine. I don't know, hour and a half. Just you could just, just call him Hulk Hogan it. too. That'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Terry Hogan. or the Hulkster. Yeah, Terry Hogan. <laughs> the guy who killed Gawker. That would be fine, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, brother, I shouldn't have eaten that sushi. Uh, <laughs> I think now would be the perfect time to tell you, if you don't know, that Hulk Hogan has a entire music album that you can listen to as well. Uh, I, I thought you were going to say Hulk Hogan has a sex tape. So. Also, Hulk Hogan also, has a sex tape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're a fan and didn't know these things, do a quick Google search. Hulkster right. in Heaven is my personal favorite. 
Uh, it's, a, mm, it's an amazing what's the, song. What's the beach song? Beach Patrol. Beach Patrol's also very good. <laughs> Check out these pythons, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Is this the point where uh, Brel smashes a solid piece of, like, spherical glass <laughs> on a desk? Yes, this is where Kurt Fuller is just chewing the scenery. Like, at this point, you're like, oh, Kurt Fuller gets he's in a bad movie and is just like, let's see how far I can take this. The answer um, is pretty far. very, very far. <laughs> My favorite line from this scene is when he's going around the room and asking people, like, how can we you know, uh, compete with the awesome power of wrestling. And he goes to Miss Tidings, who suggests, I don't know, like a three-camera s- sitcom. And he just says, Miss Tidings, take a leak. And <laughs> she gets up and leaves. And leaves, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's how you get fired? Maybe Hi. a game show? Maybe we can make a game show? Game <laughs> show. Like, I... <laughs> I want, I mean, most of these people are probably making six figures. Oh, yeah. I mm-hmm. could do that. <laughs> but uh, this is where you learn that Rip is under contract from another TV network, which later on means absolutely nothing. But Rip would never break, break that contract because Rip Word is his bond. <laughs> <laughs> This is just said by a random executive. This is like, I once heard that Rip's word is his bond. It's very true. Very true. But uh, Kurt Fuller breaks, yeah, like this spherical piece of glass it shatters everywhere. And he doesn't care because he's going to get that jock ass on his, uh, his You know network. the best way to get someone to change their mind and join you? Calling them bad names. Uh-huh. <laughs> always works well. So, uh, uh, Kurt Fuller, they makes a meeting with Hulk Hogan and is making. So I have a, a question. I have an answer. Is it Why? about the chair? No. <laughs> mm. Kind of. Okay. Why did Hulk Hogan even come to this meeting? Like, he, his word is his bond. He's not going to break his contract. There's well, no other reason a TV it's... executive would have you come to his place except to break your contract. Politeness. Why would you show up? Yes, polite. Oh. I think that it's that, like res- a sign of respect, and you don't want to burn bridges. bridges. Yeah. What if the you know this all goes haywire, and you need somewhere else to go? I mean, he really burns bridges, though. <laughs> well, yeah. So Rip, Rip has a he has a code that he lives by. He's very ethical, so he's going to go and tell this person face to face that like his word is his bond, and he has signed a contract with another network and cannot break that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So of course he shows up. But they make a big deal about the chair that Hulk Hogan is sitting in. Yeah, it's in. like a, an Edwardian something, something, something chair. So it is a, it's a chair that Louis XIV um, sat in. Yeah. I want to point out that that is a bare minimum 260-year-old chair. Mm-hmm. That is also leopard print. <laughs> <laughs> it's been recovered. I... <laughs> Their tastes and, and you know styles weren't exactly the same. Right? I mean, like I have seen chairs that are like fifty years old that just look like garbage, and this one's two hundred and sixty. Also, f- there is no payoff. He doesn't like sit in the chair and it instantly breaks because a three hundred pound man just sat in it. Um, no, no, just no payoff. He just tells him that it's Coke a Hogan really only weighs three hundred pounds. Yeah, probably. Uh, I think so. Yeah, because yeah. like. Tiny Tommy. Yeah, Tommy Tiny Lister in this. Uh He only weighed 300. And he's two inches shorter. Okay, so 
do you think that when they were writing this movie, um, who's the wrestling guy? Not not Hulk Hogan, um, the head of the WWF. Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon. Do you think Vince McMahon was like, man, I need some new chairs for my house. Some really ugly old <laughs> chairs that are also leopard print. And he's like, if I write these into the movie, they're a tax write-off. Tax write-off. Right? Do you think Kurt Fuller was supposed to be played by Vince McMahon? I think that Kurt Fuller might sense. just be Vince McMahon. <laughs> I mean, like, that would be a perfect Vince McMahon role. Absolutely. Though Vince McMahon, I don't know if at this point in time he owned it, but I don't know if he was a character, so. Yeah, that could be. Maybe yeah, he whatever. just based his entire persona off of Kurt Fuller. <laughs> Love it. All right, so he gets him in the room and he offers him the job. And what the hell is Hulk Hogan wearing? <laughs> um, so Hulk I can Hogan's- say this. 30 times throughout this movie, despite the fact that it is generally the same outfit, but different colors. Like he has 15 of these outfits in just different colors. You know, when you find something you really like, and you feel comfortable with it. You just go to the store and you buy all the different ones they have. And then every morning you get up and you feel good about yourself. So I'm also (laughs) going to point out that like, yes, if I go to target, sometimes I buy three of the same shirt because I like the way they fit. Hulk Hogan cannot go to target and buy three of the same shirt but Hulk Hogan cannot buy the same shoes he wears like a size 21 those shoes had to be specially made for him and he has several pairs he wears a size 21 I think it's him it's either a 17 or 21 if I recall that's amazing huh Uh, I I always get in one shoe I I always get him (laughs) in Shaq mixed up because Shaq has huge feet too Mm -hmm. so I I think you should could you give us a mental picture of because I would say I would say that Hulk Hogan has two outfits well three outfits in this movie one is the one he's wearing in in this scene can you describe it well first of all he wears a size 15 it's Shaq who wears a size 22 okay that's still big Mm -hmm. yeah Colby and I both Um, wear a 13 and they're hard to find mm -hmm. and try get weird cowboy boots that match your <laughs> spandex outfit that has you its own how... fingerless gloves <laughs> how big cowboy boots make your feet look when you were of a normal size foot i can't even i mean like the last three inches of them have no foot in them <laughs> there there is a reason i do not wear converse uh-huh. and it's because i put Same converse idea, on right? my feet uh-huh. and all of a sudden i look like i'm wearing like aircraft carriers yeah uh-huh mm-hmm um, so yeah, he's wearing like a entire spandex outfit that has a deep V going on. So I think you can see his cross necklace that he's always, always. wearing <laughs> um, and fingerless gloves that also have like cinching rope through them. So I guess, you know, if his hands are swollen that day, he can kind of let them loose a bit. And keep in mind, he wore this to, to a meeting, a meeting with a television mm-hmm. executive. Um, so yeah, that's what he's wearing. It's black and red. It's amazing. Um, he, Kurt Fuller says like, Hey, let's do it. No, he can't. His word is his bond. And, uh, you know, Kurt Fuller, there's another kind of great trope in this movie that happens at least two or three times where (sighs) Hulk Hogan's a big man. Hulk Hogan is 6'7", weighs 300 pounds, and is just... 18-inch pythons. <laughs> yeah, just all muscle. I don't think I would talk back to Hulk Hogan. Nah. Yet, 
there are several people who are just like, eh, I think I'm going to just, you know, see how far I can take this, mm-hmm. including a little French waiter. <laughs> um, but yeah, Kurt Fuller gets all in his face and kind of pushes him and says, is my money not good enough for you? And again, he is a TV executive. He should know that you can't just break contracts. Yeah. Like, like those would cost millions of dollars to break. Uh, for I think I want to say for Conan to break his contract so he could host the Tonight Show cost twenty one million dollars or something wow. crazy wow. like that. Mm-hmm. Might have been seven. It was a huge amount, and they treat contracts like they just you know don't matter. And quite frankly, again, his word is his bond, so he's not going to break it. Um, and he pulls out a blank check, and you know he's just like. Tell me how much it is, which at that point, I mean, just see how much money this dude has. Right. I just <laughs> write it for, I don't know, $300 million. See if he'll pay it. <laughs> but uh, he then instead shoves the check down Kurt Fuller's mouth and says, I hope I'm not here when this check clears. I I would like to... <laughs> so bad. So it's very, very good. bad. I, I would like to point out that Hulk Hogan in this movie has exactly two... Um, emotions? Maybe three. Um, one is terrible actor. That's <laughs> that is just an emotion. Um, and the other t- is junkyard dog. Two seething rage. <laughs> um, and he can switch between those two at the like literal flip of a switch. Um, three is. I'm gonna say quote romantic. <laughs> Um, Suave Hogan. Maybe sensitive. Um, Awkward. Yeah. Disturbing. Hey, hey, did you hear all of his romantic love ballads from his album, Cliff? <laughs> I did. He has a sensitive side. It's His sensitive side mostly makes me think that he probably has a room behind a locked door somewhere that you don't want to see. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Anyway. Um... And then we get, so so he leaves and they say, you know, call the guys down in the garage. They'll take care of it. And what he's doing is he gets into a limo and they're going to drive to a place and beat him up, I guess. Well, but, but the, I, I mean, ca- it's supposed to take him home. Yeah, it's supposed mm-hmm. to take him home, but he, he passes the, you know, thing. I want to talk about this limo and how it either defies the laws of physics. Mm-hmm. Or is the driver just so scared that he's swerving everywhere? Because Hulk Hogan's inside kicking the door because it like, I don't know, metal plates come up so that he can't escape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, why do they have this limo? Well, that's the beaten up limo. Like, if you're, <laughs> you a, sure? if you're an executive of the World Television Network, sometimes you need to take negotiations to another level. And so you have your special <laughs> negotiating limo. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask the question, considering what he pays someone to do to Joan Severance later, is it the beaten up limo? Oh. Yeah. Um, so once that happens, Hulk Hogan starts like kicking the door and it appears that when he kicks the door, the limo swerves in that direction as if he's exerting so much force on the limo 
that the guy's trying to keep it on the road or is the driver just so scared that he can't keep it on the road? Well, I think we will be able to answer that question at the end of this fight scene. It's um, scared, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> um, what I like about it is when he kicks the door, like you see him on the inside and he kicks the door handle and on the outside of the car, it's very obvious that a ball peen hammer hit the inside <laughs> of the door because it makes that very characteristic, like, ball peen hammer dent. <laughs> like a, a bubble. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just over and over again. Okay, so he gets to the the warehouse, I guess, where they're going to the beat warehouse. him up. Mm-hmm. And there's five guys three, there, four guys three there? Guys. Three guys. Three guys. Three guys who, first of all, Hulk Hogan then, while locked in a limo jumps and bursts through the roof of the limo he which, jumps as we saw feet in the air. was covered by a thing of metal so at this point hulk hogan is a superhero he jumps i mean he clears the top of the limo by oh, well, four lots. feet yeah uh-huh <laughs> um and handily takes care of the three hired goons um, mostly throwing them through windows of the limo, and then their arms are comically sticking out. Arms and legs. I think you should also note, um, so we watched this with a friend of ours who's staying at our house, and he's like, why does that limo have plate glass windows? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, but they're not very sharp either. <laughs> no. Like, this limo was built in the 1950s before uh-huh. safety glass was... Yeah. He throws um, a dude through the front windshield. Uh huh. Um. So then we get what I can only I I wish James Lipton was still alive. R.I.P. Um. Because I want Hulk Hogan on inside the actor's studio <laughs> just to talk about this scene, so he can say like, "Tell me about the Dookie scene." And then <laughs> what's your motivation? Like, yeah, there can be like a fifteen-minute conversation about. Well, I was busy going. <laughs> While I pulled a guy out of the car, and after I was done growling at him, literally, there's so much growling in this. I start sniffing in the air as if I was a dog. (laughs) To which the man, I say, "What's that smell?" And he Mm -hmm. sheepishly covers his. I mean, like I've never seen a full-grown man poop his pants, but. (laughs) I don't think it would look like that. I do not either. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it was liquid. So <laughs> this man has stomach problems. Mm-hmm. He has something. And which he says, Dookie. He was in pretty much that voice. Absolutely Worst that line voice. of any movie ever. <laughs> and then Hulk Hogan goes, Dookie. And then, Scene. <laughs> scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was amazing. Maybe, maybe. It was not amazing. It was embarrassing. <laughs> maybe it's, it's you know, when they say, like, I was so scared, it was like my insides liquefied. Maybe that's literally what happened. He was so terrified that Who it just. Who says that? <laughs> Folk lifted. <laughs> you, know, you know the old saying, I was so scared my insides liquefied. Don't know that saying. <laughs> You're supposed to be on my side. <laughs> I this was a terrible scene. The movie could have been it, not as, significantly better without it. Huh? As Granny used to say, <laughs> I was so terrified, my insides just liquefied. I'm gonna look this up and I'm gonna prove it to you that this is the thing. 
All right, you do that. All right, Colby is going to lead us into what he has titled the greatest scene in cinematic history. That, that There's was a it, question Chris. mark. Oh. <laughs> Colby is going to lead us out of the greatest scene in cinematic history. What did you think the next one where they introduced Samantha and Moore was the greatest scene in cinematic history? I don't know. I, I Maybe there's a scene in between. It was a lot of missed opportunities in that one. <laughs> Why did no one say, and what's the more? Why? <laughs> it uh-huh. was right there. Okay, so... It was cut for time. I have a question, and I, like it's it was an hour and a half movie. <laughs> this is gonna, I guess, spoil what we're gonna talk about in like twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Is that cool, or should I ask it twenty minutes from now? Is it why she's working for Colt, Kurt Fuller? Ye- well, not why she's working for <laughs> Kurt Fuller, but like, so she is the she's gonna run the marketing campaign for his current TV stations. Marketing with Hulk Hogan, right? Isn't that something you already have? I would have yes. thought. <laughs> and so that's the question is, is what happened is she's always been this person and she's just never met him before. Did they hire a new consultant? Like all of a sudden she's just there and has uh-huh. all these ideas. Like how did. There's... Maybe after the angry meeting when he broke everything, they hired some fresh faces to I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't make any sense that this lady is now his, like, go-to kind of PR marketing handler for his current TV station. But she She's is. an account executive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really weird. And that's weird. the only thing I can think is that she was, she was always that, and she was just bought by Kurt Fuller, I, I guess. guess. But she doesn't appear to know him. Like, it is very obvious. This is the first time he's ever seen She's, her. Uh-huh. Well, it's it's very obvious to him because he does everything but, like, the Tex Avery, like, his tongue falls out, rolls out, and he goes, Awooga! When he sees her. Like, Truth. he does not turn into a cartoon wolf and howl. But that was that was should. his um, bad acting emotion that he's showing. <laughs> so she has a plan, and everything's going to come together and she's going to figure out a way to make him even bigger, I guess, even so, though like people, everyone knows who he is. He's literally walking into a building <laughs> and people on the street are like, Hey Rip, how you doing? He's like, Hey, he's, he's on the, the number one TV show. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, uh, I, I also want to ask, he's wearing the same outfit when he met Kurt Fuller's character. So th- is this the same day? Yes. So Maybe he just feels super confident in it. Did he call a taxi? <laughs> Maybe. Well, yeah, because he didn't drive that up? limo home. <laughs> it was covered in poop. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It was covered in dookie. Um, Is that the Green Day album? Do you think Green Day watched this movie <laughs> yes. in 1989 and they're like, that'd be a pretty good name for an album? Dookie, you say? <laughs> yes. I can only assume that is now canon. Canon. <laughs> they change it on the Wikipedia. Thank you, Billy Joe. Um, so, yeah, he's wearing the same outfit. And I would say that, like, wouldn't he be hot and sweaty? But everyone in this movie is constantly sweaty. It was filmed in the summer in Atlanta. That would explain things. But, like, <laughs> not everyone is sweaty. Yeah, he sweats constantly. Like, like, uh, and not just sweaty. Like, I just got out of a pool Shiny. and threw on clothes sweaty. Yeah. Except for his hair. His hair is always perfect. His hair well, is amazing. As perfect as it can be. <laughs> Absolutely. As a skullet can be. A bleached blonde skullet. 
His hair is amazing. Uh, um, all right. So the meeting ends, but they need to talk some more. So Samantha is, I actually like it when it's Sam and more. Um, Sam and more. It's like, like a more fish. Uh, yeah, it is. You can get they Sam always, and more. They always say her middle initial. At, at it's one point it's in never time, like, this is Samantha Moore. It's this is Samantha and more. He literally, Hulk Hogan introduces her to his brother as, and this is Samantha and more. And he's like, nice to meet you, Samantha and more. <laughs> It was in her contract. <laughs> anyway, Sam says, well, then we'll go to dinner tonight. I'll pick you up at seven. Wear something, I don't know, fancy. more appropriate, fancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to which he chooses an all-white suit. <laughs> so that is the pastor. second outfit that Hulk Hogan wears. Stretchy, all... That's his romance outfit. Aren't you paying attention? <laughs> I want to be in good enough shape that I can just buy an all-white suit. I want to be in good enough shape that I can just wear spandex all the time. It's like, when what was that Eddie Murphy movie? Uh, uh, the Nutty Professor? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Mm-hmm. What do you want? Spandex. All yeah. spandex. All right, take but us yeah, to he, his French restaurant, Call. He gets in his fancy white suit, and they head to a French restaurant. And I assume at this point in the hotel, they're like, what happens at a French restaurant? And they're like, snooty French waiter who is talking to uh who is talking to only Joan Severance cuz i sorry only to Samantha and more because he knows her i he, think i don't no, think so i think she just looks I, elegant and like yeah. she would be okay in that environment and clearly well, a white suit might be like wow someone told you to dress fancy and didn't tell you where you were coming here, I, here's the thing like he is treated as if he showed up in his spandex outfit yeah. or his mm-hmm. his short shorts. The dude's wearing a suit. Sure, his hair is a golden fleece of skullet. <laughs> I can't believe you spoiled his third outfit before we got there, Cole. <laughs> but why Why does the French waiter look at him and be like, oh, oh, oh no. Did you see all his muscles? He clearly was dumb. But you can't see them in his suit. I mean, well, I mean, either he's fat or he's got muscles. It's one yeah. of the two. So, <laughs> but, I... but here's the other thing. This waiter mm-hmm. is maybe five foot six uh-huh. and just treats Hulk Hogan like garbage. This man just walked in and is easily a foot taller mm-hmm. and giant. He had to have that suit tailor-made because <laughs> he can't buy off the rack. Again, would that happen? Well, and also at this point in the movie... You, the audience doesn't know, but we do know that she is being paid to try and seduce Hulk Hogan to get him to come over. I don't know how that's going to work. Like, she seduces him and then he changes stations. I don't know. I, that's not a very good plan, but whatever. Um, we know it was that. written by two coked up wrestlers. <laughs> Allegedly. She treats him like garbage in this scene. Like, if she's trying to seduce him, she's doing it wrong. No. Or wait, is he, is she negging him? No, you know, like oh. when like little boys pull girls' pigtails, and everybody's like, "Oh, he probably likes you." Maybe that's what she's going for here. Oh. I- <laughs> that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so you know, he's talking about escargot on a quiche, which gross. Ew. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, turns to him and is like, that is a cheese pie with snails to you. Oh, ho, ho. 
Um, and this entire time, there's like a, a bus boy who's like kind of waving to him and goes and gets the chef. And that's when we find out that the waiter is new. And in fact, Hulk Hogan comes here all the time. And we forgot to mention the like 45 foot stained glass window that is in this French <laughs> restaurant. I'm and, like, oh, they're in church. <laughs> nope. French restaurant. I love that there's a lady up on a balcony that you have mm-hmm. no idea how she got up there playing a harp. <laughs> no, no, Cliff. That's not a balcony. At that point, that's a mezzanine. Like, <laughs> You've been to the Olive Garden. They have those fake balconies. They just put her up there for the evening and say, okay, well, we'll get you down when we close. <laughs> <laughs> they like bring out a, a ladder. They're like, leave the harp. It's hard to get up there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they're just pulling the cherry picker. Like, get in. <laughs> You also find out in the scene that Hulk Hogan, I'm going to say, quote unquote, speaks French. I bet he was supposed to speak like beautiful, fluid French, and they just could not teach him how to do it. No, he read that off a cue card. Like, Uh I took two years of French 30 years ago, and I speak better French than Hulk Hogan does. (laughs) Bonjour, brother. (laughs) End scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and that well, you also find out that uh, does he know the the wait staff? Like, also, it doesn't have to do with his charity or something. Oh, probably. He's ta- constantly talking about his charity work. It's probably which, a like, real charity. Mm-hmm. We get it. Like, you're a great person, Hulk Hogan. Um, you know, I can't say if it's right mm-hmm. now, like in in 1989, but there was a point in time where Hulk Hogan was the highest paid athlete in the in the world i believe maybe the united states because of his endorsements dude was making 64 million dollars a year in the like late 80s early 90s man Uh uh-huh 64 million dollars a year right i wish i was making 64 thousand dollars a year i wish i was making 64 (laughs) dollars yeah so uh next you get the hillbilly fight club oh this is which, so have you ever seen the episode of Frasier where um, his dad takes him to the steakhouse and they clip off his really expensive tie? Yes. That's exactly what I was waiting for to have happen when they walked into this place. This place is amazing. They So this is Brell's idea. He's like heard, I guess, in the street fighting <laughs> his, underground. His associates told him about it. I'm like, which associates? <laughs> the ones he met in prison. <laughs> And so they they come to this this bar, I guess, and the, the first thing they do is they come downstairs, and this this waitress who I think they want to be both like not bad looking, but also disgusting and white trash, um, talks to him, and so all she does, she's like she's a she's a fine looking late eighties woman, um, lots of hair, but she constantly is like snorting her nose. Really? It's really weird. <laughs> it's super weird. And doesn't make any sense, but I, she's supposed to be gross, I guess. Um, and she's like, Oh, you fellas must be looking for the gay bar across the street. <laughs> I want to know where this bar is located. <laughs> There's the redneck bar and then the gay bar across the street. Like, like I want to know. So they in can which... have fights in the street. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. in which town that this is located? Because they're in L.A. Where are they driving to that is like this hillbilly southern bar? Did they take a private jet that also happens to have like a gay bar across yeah. the street? Because the People in this bar are, I mean, think of like the Clampets, maybe? 
Like this, this is a bar that would be in like the Appalachians. Can, can we talk about the dwarf in a cage? <laughs> Rumor There's was. There's a dwarf in a cage. I love the dwarf in the cage. He makes me very happy. <gasps> Why is he there? Well, because yeah, someone's got to. can like. Yeah, I, I don't know. So they're in this redneck bar. They get a seat right next to the action underground um, fighting ring that's going on. It's it's cool because it's a they're in an actual ring. So there is an actual ring in this case. Um, the the turnbuckles that's what they're called right are tires. made of tires <laughs> and it's just like ropes for the ring. And there's just two dudes in it just beating the crap out of each other and biting each other's ears a lot a lot a lot of ear damage none yeah um my favorite part of this scene is they sit down and they all try and order drinks but of course they don't have their fancy schmancy drinks that they want and so she just says i want three beers two seconds go by the midget in the cage throws a peanut into the guy's drink even though they haven't brought drinks yet well you know continuity is not important yeah, there, there's not a lot of continuity. Um, again, where did he hear about this bar? His also, like, I mean, I get that it's for comedic effect, but if you were going to go to this bar, you're like, hey, should we wear our suits? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Or should we just change into, like, why not have them be in at least, like, fancy schmancy, like, clothing? Like, have them be in, like, dockers and, and polo a polo. shirts, yeah. That they think that, like, normal folk wear. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of the, like, three-piece suits. Well, they just came straight from the office. <laughs> Either <laughs> To the hillbilly southern bar. Yep. Where so there's that- tattoos going on. There's, like, a, ta- there's a literal chair that someone is being tattooed in. I mean, that just makes sense, Cole. Um... <laughs> Anyway, this is Brel's greatest idea. He is going to this is this is the idea. He's going to get people to fight each other in like bare knuckle maybe cageless matches, I guess. <laughs> um but then the his two buddies, like and both those guys are actors that I have 100% seen somewhere else but I can't figure out in what go to the bathroom. David Paymer has right? been in a ton. Right? He has. Yeah. So they go to yeah. the bathroom next, right? Uh-huh. And Wait, there's a dog in there. <laughs> Wait, Why there's a dog? There a dog? Yeah, a dog is chained up and barking at them in there. <laughs> so this is this is the bathroom you'd expect to be in a white trash redneck bar. There's a, it there's has two troughs. V, it has VD room spray painted on the door. <laughs> there's two troughs. One is full of stuff. We'll just say stuff. And they literally look at each other like, are you really sure you have to go? And he's like, yeah, I didn't go before I left. And so. Why did both of them go? <laughs> they they saddle up to the trough and, and they're kind of making fun of everything. The clientele. The clientele. And I don't know, this dude, he's, there, he's, so, he's so much. Bubba is so much. He's. he's- He's got an awesome bowl cut. He's barely wearing clothes. Like, he's wearing a midriff and, like, cut-off sweatpants. And that are way too small that, like, are, like, at this point, I don't know, come to his shins and giant combat so, boots. With, he's so gross. He's so gross. He, does, he doesn't have a rope belt, but someone in that establishment actually does have Absolutely. a rope belt. Absolutely. <laughs> he comes out and makes fun of the size of their penises because, of course, he does. They got teeny, tiny wangers. Tiny wangers. Um, turns out his sister's the 
Is that waitress? a maitre d waitress? Yeah. Anyway, no, they, they think she's a maitre d because they ask her like, "Can our party be seated?" <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Anyway, um, Brell, they come out and the two guys in the ring. One of them wins, I guess. And the guy wearing the rope belt, of course. <laughs> um, and I, I want to point out a rope belt and overalls, which. Well, you I don't know much about overalls, <laughs> but why do you need a belt with them? They have belt loops. Why would they put them on if you didn't want to put a belt loop or belt in them? <laughs> I why? have seen, there's a guy that lives down the road from me who I've seen more than once wearing mm-hmm. belt and suspenders. So, like, it's a backup call. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. Just in case. Well, maybe it's so if, you know, like, how it was cool in, like, the late 80s to, like, take the overalls and take the things and, like, let them... Dangle. I don't know how dangle. to describe yeah. it. Yeah, dangle. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what he does. If, you know, occasionally mm-hmm. he wants to do that, then his rope belt keeps up his, you know, overalls. Yeah, that could be. That could be. Anyway, he offers him money if he will fight the guy who just won. And yeah, Bubba will fight the guy who yeah, just won. Yeah, and Bubba beats the crap out of him. Uh-huh. And then, Colby, what happens? Uh, let's see... Battle of the Tough Guy competition. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, at the rest, at at the at the hillbilly bar. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. the hillbilly bar. Yeah, that's when he comes up with a great idea of Battle of the Tough Guy. I mean, I guess in the you know for a name he came up like on the fly, not terrible. But it's not on the fly because he has a press conference. That's how everyone knows about it. But this is so we we meet Zeus here, right? No. I thought Zeus came in and beat up Bubba. No, 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 no. So you have a press conference where he gets up and says there's going to be a battle of the tough guys. Oh, you're right. It's and, at the same place, though. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be $100,000 tax-free, which I don't think that's something that you can really do. Like, at which point does the IRS go like... Hold on, hold on. Like, I mean, it's like, like those Labor that. Day sales where they pay the sales tax. <laughs> yeah, so he's actually winning like $124,000. It's capital gains, <laughs> probably like one fifty. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he does that. You know, it's going to be a battle of a battle of the tough guys. Come on down to this hillbilly bar. Yes. And, and see how you can, you know, fight against all of these tough guys. No ring, and, no ref, no... No rules. rules. Except there is a ring and there is a ref. And the rules are you can't kill anyone. Yeah, so rules. Um and that's when, you know, the big night, there's, you know, a marquee that they put up on the Hillbilly Bar and, you know, you walk past all of the people who uh are going to fight in it. And I got this movie and over the top mixed up because i thought this was the movie where there was a guy who drank motor oil for no real reason that's over the top (laughs) a movie Um, where sylvester sloan has to arm wrestle for (laughs) custody of his son against robert loja we should watch that Um, movie (laughs) it's amazing are you sure Um, (laughs) did you not just i I will sell it to you okay go ahead (laughs) so in the movie Rambo's son's name is Michael Hawk. What's Rambo's name? <laughs> no, no, that's not important, honey. Michael Hawk. Uh huh. They, what they would his call nickname him Mike be? a lot. I don't. Mike Hawk. Um, I, though, Mike I will Hawk, also, honey. Why? Why would they do that? <laughs> I will also say that throughout the movie, his name can be either Hawk or Hawks. 
He's called both. Um, but anywho, I don't know. so you meet all of the, I don't know, hillbillies who are going to fight. Is hillbilly a bad word? I don't know. I mean, I don't know what other word you, I mean, yes, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Um, but I don't I know. I don't want to discourage people. Like, I'm I'm sure hillbillies are great. I mean, it's probably better than like white trash, but these, these are like legit hillbillies, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Including the guy who's spraying hairspray in his face for no reason. That happens. <laughs> All over his body, but mostly in his face. I got Cliff the other day. Hi. <laughs> did it did it turn you into a tough guy, Cliff? Yum. He did get rather violent. <laughs> or did it did it did it mostly just make you sticky in your eyes? Mostly like, oh. he walked around going That went in my mouth. <laughs> Fair. Uh, to which I said I was spraying hairspray and he should have closed his mouth. This is not my fault. <laughs> She's got a point, Cliff. So after the battle of the tough guys, you know, you've got like a winner kind of thing. I think it might be Bubba. I think that's it is. That's when you're introduced to Zeus. I guess you could see why I would be confused because we went from one <laughs> wrestling match to another wrestling match in the same place, but on a different day. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Zeus walks in and promptly kills a woman. <laughs> she was breathing too loud. Because <laughs> she walks up and says something to him and he just lifts her up by her face and drops her <laughs> 15 feet onto a table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's dead. I think um, also Zeus appears to still be wearing a prison uniform. <laughs> he is. <laughs> I think we should take a step back and describe Zeus a little bit because I don't like at some point in time, someone sat down and was like, okay, so what is this dude going to look like? What happened to his eyebrows? <laughs> so Zeus is got a, a check mark. There, Zeus there. is a hulking black man. I mean, six, nine. He's six, five. Oh, really? Okay. So, yeah. so Hulk Hogan's actually taller than he is. He, so, so Tommy tiny Lister was listed as six, seven in his, quote unquote wrestling career mm -hmm. which this was supposed to jump start but he's yeah. actually apparently about six five. Oh, okay he, in the movie i would say he usually looks taller than hulk hogan um hulk or the thing is is hulk hogan is listed as six seven i wouldn't it may be that hulk hogan's actually like six five six six yeah so um so they may be the same height he is massive just a monstrous huge. muscle mass of monstrosity yeah. Um, he has a giant growth thing in the middle of his left eyebrow. Or he has some sort of makeup putty. It could also be that. <laughs> that occasionally in, changes color based off of his makeup. His his eyebrow past that thing is obviously shaved off. Um, he, ha he has like a unibrow check mark. And then yeah. he has the, the mm -hmm. thickest unibrow, but it's obviously fake because it's way thicker than his actual eyebrows. And he has a Z. Um, yeah. Shaved Hair. in his head. With head. Yeah. yeah. And I think he might have a lazy eye. <laughs> no, it's, he's actually blind in that eye. Oh. So, like in real life. Well, it's yeah. pretty yeah. good for, for a blind I mean, eye. I mean, if you know who Tommy Tiny Lister is, who has, again, been in a ton of stuff, um, you may know him from uh, The Dark Knight. He was one of the prisoners on the ferry in that. Oh, I really uh, thought this was his movie. No, he's been in. I mean, never like anything. He was no, probably he was in, real like, what, big. Wasn't he in like LA Law or something weird? Might have been. I uh, swear he's been I in, looked uh, when like, we were watching. 
a lot of stuff. He's, Anytime yeah, you need a hulking in, man, you mm-hmm. hire him. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, he's been in a ton of movies. Like, let's see. He has 215 acting Oh, wow. Credits. Huh. So he's been in a lot of stuff. So the unibrow, um, not normally there. No, no. I always is, like I said, he's, it's always like, kind of has that like lazy look and he's blind in it. So. Interesting. So this is but where he's just huge. He he comes in to, to wrestle. And this is where we find out that Hulk Hogan's manager, um, used to train him, but he stopped because he killed a man in a wrestling match and he went away for a long time, a long time. Which, which doesn't happen. Like no. if you, I mean, I suppose unless you purposefully did it. Well, that's he what he said that the, the bell rang and he kept going after, but it's wrestling. So yeah, I would think you'd probably get manslaughter charges. Maybe, yeah. maybe, but I mean, also on the other hand, maybe he just got up in court and growled. <laughs> he <laughs> like, literally that's a good defense. Let him go home. Yeah. <laughs> his, or, his or lo- just like, they're like, how do you plead? And he's like, Zeus. <laughs> his lines in this movie literally are just him growling and screaming. That is all he does. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, um he, he wins the battle of the tough oh, guy yeah. handily. Yeah, he easily. Yeah. Um and then you get another boardroom scene because like this movie loves just going back to the boardroom. Um and when it cuts to the boardroom, you have all of the people in the boardroom reading a paper that says like Zeus thriller or killer with a giant picture of Zeus on it. And I'm assuming that it's, they never really thought about like, Oh, Hey, it's just VHS or it's in the theater. No one will ever be able to see what's on this newspaper, (laughs) but I have it on Blu-ray. So you can just pause it. That should tell Um, you a lot about Colby. That I love good cinema. Yes. And I'm not I sure that's what it says. <laughs> he got the Criterion the, edition of No Hold Barred. That, that would be amazing. It's got 136 on the side. <laughs> it's, right, it's right next to Armageddon and The Rock. Um, both Criterion. So I read the newspaper and I'll read the first paragraph. And it's, it's by Tom Hoffarth, staff writer. And it says... Of no less importance was the common recognition shown of the fact that any menace from without to the peace of our continents concerns all of us and therefore properly is a subject for consultation and cooperation. This was reflected in the instruments adopted by the conference. That is the first paragraph of uh, Zeus (laughs) killer or (laughs) thriller or or killer. killer. So Colby sent that to me and I'm like, well, that's weird. And so I typed it into a search engine and apparently – so like if you're a web designer, which I am, um, they have what they call lorem ipsum text. And it's literally just fake Latin that you put into designs and websites when you don't have the real text yet so you can see what it's going to lay out like. And apparently that newspaper article is the lorem ipsum of fake nu- of fake newspaper articles for movies oh. that same text is in um so you know in back to the future how they have the save the bell tower uh-huh. or the clock tower newspaper that same text is in there it shows up in the movie explorers it shows up in just a ton of rando movies interesting weird right uh-huh yeah. But I also want to point out that after, you know, they talk about how great the ratings were for their weird underground fight club that they videotaped, (laughs) one of the executives stands up and says, these telegrams came into our PR department last night. 
which I can only picture he reads them, but I just want it to be like, your show was violent. Stop. <laughs> you know, please, please put on something else. Stop. Because telegram what a telegram is like <laughs> can you still send a telegram could you send a telegram sure. in 1989 you could, oh yeah you could up until like 2001 mm-hmm. or say like maybe the 90s i once looked when the last time you could send a telegram you was you can but... actually still send them they're just like digital i think western union i think still does something like that but they're can i go to western union yeah. and say 30 years from now i need you to be <laughs> 2006, Western Union sent the last telegram in the U.S. back. So, so yeah. I'm disappointed that we didn't send one when we could have. Samuel Morris's first telegram read, What hath God wrought? And was sent (laughs) from the U.S. Supreme Court. See, I would actually like to send that today. (laughs) That seems very on point. Um, I would... As a person who works at a business... Um, that occasionally has, like I've been in boardrooms before um, or giant meeting places. I would like to tell you a little bit about the amazing boardroom setup that this place has. <laughs> so so Brell has this giant like circular desk that's raised up above everyone else that has these two like long desks that come out the side that everybody else has to sit at. So he can sit up on this like dais and lord over them. It's amazing. So- did you notice the way the boardroom is shaped? No. Because, so it's kind of not like a boomerang. So like a, a boomerang that doesn't curve as much. So two, you know, like a rounded thing. And then down the center of that is another table that ends in a a rounded table. So essentially their conference room is a giant wiener. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. So yeah, okay. just he sits at the the end or the the interesting. Is he at the head? Balls? I yeah. don't know. No, no, no. no. He's, but yeah, and that's like I looked at him like that's a bad design for that table, or maybe a great design for that table, or a great design. It's hard to say. So the uh, next you get because it's the biggest thing ever. You you get a match between Zeus and Lug Wrench Perkins in a giant. St- Steel mill? Uh, literally. Which they also, all they I also could... point out that, yeah. Dad, why did you take me to a gay steel mill? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we work hard. We play hard. <laughs> um, but he also mentions that he's on Lug Wrench Perkins' home turf. Like, that matters in, like, a, like, bare-knuckle brawl. <laughs> and an unsanctioned. Also, <laughs> yeah, I also want to point out that throughout this movie, after the first, you know, battle of the tough guys, one, it's never mentioned again, like, will anyone else be receiving $100,000? Is there a cash prize, or is it just that once? But also, it is made to seem like this is the newest best thing ever like they've just discovered wrestling but when you go to the actual fights there's like six people just like all cheering at this place it's mostly just steel workers (laughs) they're like hey what's uh what's going down on on the floor there appears to be some sort of brawl going on and there's cameras videotaping it um and like except in one point and it's the like weird train yard that also has like the welding sparks falling everywhere because there's a lot of like steel mill slash welding yeah. and train yard slash welding yard. There's sparks, but there's fire. Just, it's great. 
there's just like a lady in a pantsuit with a purse clapping. I'm like, how did she accidentally get in there? <laughs> she knew she knew her associates told it about calls. <laughs> so uh, Zeus versus Lugrench Perkins. Uh, the only reason I brought this up is because Lugrench Perkins was an actual wrestler who wrestled under the name The Final Solution. And I just want to point that out. He also uh, in this movie has like a four foot long lug wrench and literally uh-huh. all I can see. So he's, he's trying to swing and hit this guy. And like, I play a lot of video games and all I can think of is like, man, you should have gotten a better weapon, dude. That thing is just too slow. Like I'm sure it does a lot of damage. If you can connect, but you're <laughs> never going to be able to hit anyone with that. Also, why doesn't Zeus get a weapon? It's just, there's how a it lot goes. of people. There's one, uh, I think it's the train yard slash welding yard. The guy has a crowbar. Yeah. And I'm like, is I guess there's no rules. I would also say that there is a 90-95% certainty that Zeus kills Ludren- Lug- Lugrench Perkins. Lugrench. Like, he looks He's- dead. <laughs> he does fall on the ground and then steam rises from his face as if his sweaty face hit the hot floor and it's just turning him into Two-Face yep. from Batman. It's bad. Which, we'll also point out, Lugrench Perkins who wrestled under the name The Final Solution, also played Bane in Batman first, Batman and Robin. Really? The, the 1997 George Clooney has Bat Nipples movie. I love Bat Nipples. And then died at age 40 because you saw Giant him. Hulk of Man, yeah. 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 But, uh, so, this is when you get the weird Sam and Rip have to go somewhere overnight. Yeah. It was very she, confusing. She's going to pick him. She picks him up. So she goes to his house in a limousine. She's on a car phone, which in 1989 was probably pretty cool. And she's talking to someone and says, like, I can't talk right now. I'll tell you later after we, you know, whatever. He, Hulk Hogan awkwardly introduces him to her or her to his brother you know hey i'd like Enmore. you to meet samantha and more and he's like hello nice oh, to samantha meet you samantha and more um and she's like i'll i'll call you as soon as we get to the the hotel i guess and she her, the brother says like don't do anything i wouldn't do which is weird. And then they're getting on a, especially because she can hear that. Yeah. <laughs> like that's something you tell out of earshot. Right. Like, Hey, like I heard that dude. Well, it's and more call and more. What, what's the more? Yeah. Why um, does no one say that? They get on an airplane and she's like, don't worry. They, my company's taking care of the travel reservations and the hotel and everything. He's like, well, they better not have made dinner reservations because I've got a place mm. I want to go. And Brooke just disconnected. So I think now is a perfect time to end this episode. And we'll let you join us next week for the thrilling conclusion of... This movie. (laughs) Anyway, you can find us online at omgwatchthispod.com. You can find us on social media the same place. Say goodbye, Colby. Wait, are you going to sing? Are you going to sing again? Can you sing the song? It's no holds barred.